Hey, I'm Taylor Dorson, and this is the Professional Technical Interviewee. Technical interviews are hard, and every company does them differently. On this show, I interview engineering leaders to see what they look for in technical candidates, and then they perform a real technical interview with me. My guest today is Tyler Bobella. We talk about his journey from large corporate IT roles into startups, and eventually to LogicGate, where he started as a software engineer and worked his way up to a director of engineering role. I hope you enjoy. Tyler, welcome back. Hello, hello, hello. We are back. Great. Uh, well, balls in your court. I know we want to do something a little bit different since you don't ask the leak code style questions at, at LogicGate. Um, I think the idea was focusing on um, what is a conversation or what does the process look like post um, someone completing that that take-home challenge? And also, how does someone get in front of you, right? If you're, you're an engineering director at a growing company who's, I'm sure, got a thousand things uh, to do at any given time. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's answer that question of uh, how do we get in, in somebody's uh, top of the top of the stack of resumes. Let's say. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty pro of uh, being. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Let me restate myself. Uh, going out and sort of finding those individuals to try and connect with, uh, mm-hmm. be it an email, be it a. Uh, uh, LinkedIn, I, like I mentioned in, in the in the last session, pretty big LinkedIn fan um, with with messaging out to individuals, um, and then one that I actually found success on when I came back from Boise, Twitter, out of all places. Mm. Uh, Twitter has a pretty robust uh, tech scene uh, with all their own little pockets: game development, uh, JavaScript, front end development, and things like that. And connecting and interacting with those individuals uh, really can help increase uh, your potential for employment. So if you have, you've been commenting with this person, talking with this person on their posts, they follow you back as an example, that could leave you uh, an opening to messaging and being like, hey, I see you work at X, you know, X company. I would love to apply for this role that I found. Would you feel comfortable rec- uh, referring me? So this is sort of what happened to me when I came back and I worked at this, uh, I mentioned earlier in the last session, this uh, like smaller boutique, a web development firm while I was in grad school, I actually reached out to an individual uh, who I follow, chat with like some of their tweets, uh, tech related and things like that, uh, ended up following me and I messaged them. I said, hey, I'm, I'm actually coming back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I checked out your company. It seemed great. I was curious if you had any part-time opportunity for a junior developer. I think maybe a couple days went by, if I'm not mistaken, heard nothing. I was really just shooting out into the dark. And then they replied and they're like, yeah, here, have a conversation with our technical partner at the, at the consultancy. Um, and they set up a call and I, I, was, I ended up getting the, the part-time job through then. So I'm pretty for reaching out to people, be it avenues like social media, um, uh, LinkedIn, finding emails, looking at personal websites, probably GitHub is another good one. Just finding individuals that work at an organization you're interested in, doing similar work that you want to, seeing if they have a website, if they have a, a contact form that you can communicate with them, reaching out to them, hey, I'm interested in this role, aligns well, I really like the work that you're doing and things like that. Really just finding all those different avenues to cast your net as wide as possible. More often than not, when resumes come through, a lot of people are applying for those jobs. So you have to, I think one of the things is like, how do you make yourself stick out? You know, this yeah. is one of the things to, to stick out is really try to attack it from all different angles if you can and you feel comfortable doing that. Um, 
It does take extra time and extra effort, but usually more often than not, at some point it will pay off uh, to, to, to reach out with these people, connect, network with these people. I know there's a really good one um, that I found out through Twitter. Um, I started getting to iOS development in my free time, just to keep myself sharp, try some new technology uh, that I'm not familiar with. And they have this uh, iOS um, like happy hour on the weekends where you're put, you're broken out into breakout rooms and Zooms where people connect with people from that work on Apple, working on iOS uh, apps, Twitter, Facebook, all these big organizations where you can make good connections, start networking, maybe even find mentorship with others that could help propel you to get to that that level or that that job opportunity that you're most interested in. So uh, yeah, big proponent and just trying everything possible uh, to, to get, get you to the front of that stack. Yeah, I, I got a buddy, Matt, who he said, my last three jobs have come from tech Twitter. You know, he's like, I, I just post stuff that I'm interested yep. in and they follow you, you follow them, you post enough stuff. And eventually someone goes, Hey, you seem really interested in this new thing. We're hiring for that. Right. And I think now it works for AWS for their, their, their Amplify platform, which like I, cool. I hadn't even heard of before. Um, and he's like, it literally just came from, I was interested in it and started talking about it. And then kind of this whole community popped up around it. Yep. Right. Um, and, and I think you, you're touching on something. I, I don't know if it's a Paul Graham essay, but the the do things that don't scale, right? This is an idea that that um, a lot of startups use early on. Like, how do you get some initial traction? Well, often you have to, you know, you go to the Apple store and you put your your website up on all of their their computers, right? It might get you two users, but if you have zero, that's a that's a big increase, right? Two hundred percent. Yeah, same idea in a job search. If you're you're starting out, or if you're you're trying to be more targeted, right? Like you could probably blast everything, but if you can find people that you know, you can actually get in front of, right? You know, they're actually going to see your thing, or you, you think they're actually going to see your resume instead of just uh, sending it off to a portal and hoping for the best. Like it does take more work, but I think you only, especially early in your career, you only need one, right? Eventually, if you get that job, then it's much easier to get um, subsequent jobs. And same thing, if you're targeting specific types of companies and you're a little bit late in your career, you know, if you're trying to find one person you can actually talk to at that company who then, if you have a good conversation with them, they can get you in front of the right person who's yep. going to open doors for you, right? I think that is a much better use of your time than just um, blindly blasting stuff off. I mean, still do that, but you can do easy applies, you know, when you're, you're on the John with your phone, right. Um, exactly. Do this stuff when you're actually putting in time and effort for your actual job search. Right. 100%. Um, and I, my, my additional recommendation is don't go for like super senior leadership, VPs, mm -hmm. CTOs, things like that. More often than not, they may not respond, right? They are yeah. extremely busy. They probably have a ton of contact connects. Go for people like in my role as a, uh, as an example, like director or the role I was in previously, engineering manager. Uh, go for those individuals because they want to grow their team when the opportunity arises. So the more that they have some resume sort of in there, either maybe they don't have an opening, but they kept yours. Like this person was interested. They reached out to me top of the stack already. I don't have to go through a uh, procurement of like going, working with talent or like an outside talent agency or something like that. I had an organic search uh, to grow their team. That not only helps their career, but again, puts you at the top of the stack, which is, which is the most important part. Um, so they're more often than not, and talking from my experience, when somebody messaged me on LinkedIn, emailed me, hey, I'm interested, here's my resume. 99% of the time, 
I looked at those resumes mm -hmm. and I said, okay, this person, let's, let's, let's get it to the hiring manager screening, set up a call with them. Um, it just shows that, that extra effort, um, that uh, getting in front of my eyes. And yeah, I think th that's a little note that I wanted to add as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, as far as, um, you know, let's assume someone had a conversation and, and just so, so I'm clear at, at Logicate, is it a uh, resume conversation with someone in recruiting or HR as an, yeah, staff? as we, as we, as we have been growing, uh, it's now starting that like we, we, we have a talent team, uh, an internal talent team. So it usually will start, uh, uh, that talent team helps, uh, generate, uh, at the top of the top of the funnel is what they mm -hmm. call it. Uh, yeah. That pipeline of, of candidates. Um, they usually have that initial conversation with them. Like, Hey, we saw this come through. Uh, are you, are you interested in, uh, in logic gate still? What are you interested in? Things like that. So, uh, some redundancy in the questions uh, that I would ask, then it would go next to like a hiring manager screening, which would be mm -hmm. myself or uh, my counterpart um, that would do that, that, that hiring manager screening to again, go a little bit more in depth into the resume talk about their experiences, talk about sort of what did they go through, allow them an opportunity to talk about that experience to somebody that is somebody like myself, not mm -hmm. just like a, a recruiter, as an example, somebody in the engineering org. Um, and then dive in maybe to some additional questions that we might have. Usually for me, I like it to have an organic conversation around it. I like it to grow from their experience. Usually when you ask people questions pertaining to their experience, the excitement level increases dramatically because the person wants to talk about the things that they've mm -hmm. done in the, in the past, right? Or have knowledge about the something. They're excited to talk about things that they have knowledge in, uh, you know, uh, and usually it's that experience. If I, if I started that H hiring manager screen with like, okay, we're going to do uh, you know, this, this fizz buzz question, essentially. So like, talk to me, it doesn't really like, you don't get as excited enough. Again, you're on the spot, high stress, uh, talking through a phone or maybe through a zoom call or something like that, where if I ask questions and follow up questions and maybe, uh, give them an opportunity to talk about like, so what was the most, um, one question that usually comes up is like, if you had knowing the knowledge you have now, if you could redo this experience or redo this project, what would you do differently, right? And from there, we're looking for growth. We're looking for, did I learn going through that process of how I would start? If I had the knowledge I had, you know, hindsight's 2020. If I, if I had it now, what would I do? You know, I'm starting, the, I had the knowledge now and I'm starting this project over again. What would I do? And seeing growth um, and looking for something more than, I think everything went fine. You could always learn from something that happened, right? And being able to explain that and showcase that, that's that's huge. That's that's that shows that you are growing. You want to be curious. You want to continue to learn. You want to uh, uh, I like calling it level yourself up uh, in, in software engineering and in your profession. Um, so those are really the type of questions that I'm asking in the hiring manager screening portion is about that experience, about growth. Uh, and getting a, a sense of where you want to go in your career. And can I, being po the possible manager that you report to, can I help propel you uh, and give you those opportunities here at LogiGate? More often than not, the answer is yes, we have those opportunities uh, and we want to propel you, you know, propel those individuals forward. Um, 
so yeah, that's a little bit of what I'm looking for in this like hire manager screening portion. Mm -hmm. Great. And is it before the take home or is that after they've completed the take home? Yeah. Good. Uh, great follow-up. So, uh, usually it goes hire manager and then the take home ha happens afterwards. So okay. I'm looking for experience that growth, ask a question regarding, uh, code reviews and sort of language. And I mentioned that in the previous session, but, um, I could, I can mention it here again. Essentially the, the, the question that I ask is pertaining to like finding empathy, seeing if they're a good team player. The question is given a code review, uh, somebody assigns something to you, a pull request, merge request, whatever your Git repository calls it, you're going through it and you notice something can be improved. Hmm. Testing, naming conventions, optimization, something can be improved and you could pick if you want it to be optimization or whatever it may be. How would you give this feedback in this code review setting? And I'm looking for more than I just put a, a, you know, a comment on this line. What language are you using? What hmm. words are you conveying? Uh, and that really helps show, like, what are you per, uh, providing back to the author? Because it's a learning moment for both. Uh, and what language are you using? Ideally, what we're looking for here is you're looking to understand. You're looking to see mm -hmm. maybe why something was done because you don't have entire context always into, into what's, what's happening. You're making sure that language, uh, the language that they're using is this is, is not, this is wrong, period. Right, like that's looking for more than that, looking for yeah. something more constructive than that. And this goes into having that empathy for somebody else who maybe spent 16 hours, two days, whatever it may be on this pool request uh, and been racking their brain maybe on some things, but it also shows that teamwork. I want to elevate my team members around me by asking them clarifying questions and perhaps giving advice uh, towards how they can maybe clean something up, optimize something, naming conventions, testing, things like that. And you want to elevate and then level up your coworker as well. So those are what I'm really looking for in that hiring manager screening call. And then the second portion, if that passes, it goes into the, the take home code, code challenge of, okay, now you will get a Git repository with a link, take it down. You have a week to complete it. Uh, have any questions, obviously like not, maybe not obvious. I shouldn't say that. Email us, email the the the, um, uh, the recruiter or myself. Mm -hmm. I, I give out my email, no problem. You have a week to complete it. And I, I like saying like, believe it or not, we are human beings here at Logicate. We are not robots. Uh, we understand life happens. Life comes up. People have families, uh, outside commitments. So if you need longer than a week, all we ask is just be in communication with us. Again, hinting at that communication is important to us here at Logicate. Mm -hmm. Even saying something like that, where it's regarding something, it goes into the greater uh, view of, if you do need more time and you did communicate that to me, you don't have to tell me why, just, hey, I needed more time. That's a plus one, right? That you're eager yeah. to communicate, you know yeah. things come up uh, and you can communicate that effectively. Um, then after that, it returns to us. We have our engineers look at the, uh, code challenge, which I'm actually very uh, uh, proud of that, of our engineers getting involved with that and, and giving some type of feedback. Um, and then from there, if, it, if we decide the engineers give the thumb up, thumbs up, it turns into the on-site, uh, which is a mix of uh, technical and non-technical questions. Mm -hmm. Good. Uh, the, the, to bring it back to that question you asked, um, the, trying to gather some information around empathy, right? I think that's a really interesting question and a way to, to phrase something, especially I'm, I'm sure the more senior the engineer, right? The, the more important that becomes. Um, and 
something that I've noticed in the the software development industry, part of the the low empathy um, ness of the the industry is that I think often you're seeing bug reports and you're seeing lots of negative feedback, but you don't yes. often receive that much positive feedback, right? It's uh, I think code reviews often you see this needs to change, this needs to change, this needs to change, and rarely do you see oh, or at least your brain's not not running. That line was good. That line was good. That line was good. And there's only three changes. It's well, they had three change or three negative things, right? Versus, right. well, there's 90 lines of code you wrote, 87 of them were positive and three were, were negative. So I think that's sometimes hard for people to balance. So if you can put that code in a, or the, the code review, change the mindset from this is something that I messed up, right? To, yes. hey, help me understand this or, Hey, can we uh, work on this together? Right. And try to, try to um, figure this out. Right. I think that really does change the tone. And again, if we're talking about morale and, and how you actually build a team and a team that works well together long-term, right. Like it's such a critical factor. Absolutely. And code review is, I would probably say outside of taking production down code review is probably the most stressful thing that you could do as a software engineer, right? You are putting your work out, to be viewed by more often than not, depending on the size of your organization, everybody is on display. Anybody can go to the link and review your work, right? So it's it's highly stressful. Uh, so we wanna minimize that stress by making sure that we are being constructive in our feedback, that we are, we are giving uh, constructive criticism back if things need to be improved or changed, but also like you mentioned, giving that shout out when things look great. You know, that actually, uh, when I started at Logicate, uh, Dan uh, Campbell, who's our chief architect and co-founder, uh, I remember him doing that to me. And that always stuck with me since, since starting at Logicate was, this is great. Like, this is awesome. Like this, uh, you know, this line of code, I would never have thought to do this. This looks fantastic, right? This is extremely optimized. I love it. Like those type of feedbacks when I got things like that, was just so motivating for me, like in that code review process. I was like, I'm ready to go, whatever you need. I'm, I'm, I'm put on another pot of coffee. I'm here another six hours is yeah. how it felt. So giving that type of, although constructive criticism to um, improve something, also that feedback that you are on the right track. Let me affirm that you are on the right track. You're doing things well, just helps if not like in, in the moment, subconsciously, it helps that individual go further and know that, hey, I'm not just in the sea of I don't know, you know, and I'm trying, I'm getting, uh, I'm getting some feedback that I'm, I'm going the right way. And as managers, outside of the code review process, we should be doing that as well. Yeah. Absolutely. I think it just makes such a huge difference. It's something yes. that's so easy to overlook, right? Because if someone, you often don't even see the signs of someone's not receiving that when they need it until they put a notice or, you know, all of a sudden it's a big deal because a lot of times you don't want to complain about, I'm not getting enough good jobs, right? <laughs> it feels right. like a thing that feels weird to share about for a lot of people, right? Right. Yeah. So, so in that, um, in that actual, um, I guess when you're evaluating them at this point, uh, is there anything else you're really looking for in that final that, that needs to stand out or that is kind of critical? Yeah. So I think some of the criticalness comes uh, in the, the return of the code challenge and then aligning it to what level this individual is applying for. So everyone for us and gets essentially the same problem, right? 
but we're looking for different things at different levels. Yeah. An example, if I'm looking for somebody more beginner, maybe junior, I'm looking that the tests pass period, right? Like if the tests pass, awesome. You know, like it doesn't have to be the most clean. Then it goes into how does the code look, feel, uh, naming conventions. Are they okay? You know, not perfect, not solid. Just like your test pass. That's already a winner. You're, you're 80% of the way there. If you're a fresh grad, you know, from boot camp, self uh, taught applying to their first engineering job or whatever it may be, you, you tackled the hardest part with solving the problem. Right. Um, then it changes to like, if we're going into like this intermediate level to obviously do the test pass, um, naming conventions, um, uh, variable naming conventions. Did they add a test maybe for, for something, an edge case? Um, did they co uh, comment their code when appropriate um, uh, and things like that? Then when you get to the more senior level, uh, you know, we're looking for concise functions, naming conventions makes sense. Are there any private methods? Did they extrapolate maybe this ginormous function into multiple smaller functions and then perhaps wrote some tests around that? Did they add logging into it when failures and expectations could happen? These things are what, what's the expectation at that, that senior lead level? Because when you're in production, and this goes into thinking like, if this code went to production, would it be production ready? Uh, yeah. essentially. Uh, with logging statements and thinking about logging statements, that already shows signs that if a failure does happen and I have to go into a tool uh, to dig into the logs, I at least have log statements that can pinpoint where in the code it's breaking, essentially. Uh, so so there's, there's definitely looking at different things at different levels for the, the engineer that we are hiring. Um, so that's where a lot of the criticalness happens is in that reviewing of the take home and what's that expectation at each level. Uh, we don't say the expectation because we want to see what you've learned uh, mm -hmm. from each stop. We've had uh, uh, junior engineers, maybe first job, you know, go above test, you know, naming convention was concise. It was small methods and things like that. And they're just looking for the first role, but they already have all the, the foundational stuff there. You know, like we've had that too. It's, it's definitely been a variable, but we're looking for specific things at specific levels. Um, that's where the criticalness comes in. And then once that moves on to the onsite, that's where you get like holistic view of the product. Let me ask you some more, I, I think the the engineering industry calls it like behavioral questions yeah. uh, and things like that. How do you work in a team mentality or a, a team um, scenario? Sorry. Um, and then some additional technical questions, usually around their experience. Again, this goes back to the hiring manager portion of they're excited to talk about their experience. They want to share, look at this cool shit I did. Let me talk about this cool stuff I did, you know, and stuff and, and things of that nature. Or look at this thing, how I improved it. If I could do it again, I would actually do it this way. And I would communicate with product beforehand. And I'd maybe write some additional. And it's like, awesome. That's what you want to see. And then it goes into maybe some more technical questions, uh, perhaps regarding the case study itself, giving them an opportunity to talk. Like, why, did, why, why did you do this function this way? Right. And that's not like a, a, a like I'm asking that as it's wrong. It's like, just show me why, you know, like, yeah. tell me why you did it. Um, and digging into that more and more. Well, if you, we wanted to optimize this to take X amount of iterations, 
would you do anything differently? Right. And that could spiral into, oh, I'd make less database calls. Uh, I'd probably put this in maybe, maybe I'd use a hash map if I had to retrieve things quicker uh, and whatever that question pertaining to that portion of the code challenge may be. So it, it's more open-ended, but allows them to us to see that thinking through the problem again. Uh, and more like on uh, with with eyes, but not in the setting of you have to code the syntax. It's yeah. more of just talk, just talk it out with us. What would you do? You don't have to code anything up. Just what would you do differently? Um, so, so that's really the, the technical like interview process. But a lot of uh, roping it back. Sorry, I went on a little bit of a tangent and further uh, was that critical portion really happens in that code review section where mm -hmm. we want to, to from a from a very technical perspective, the criticalness happens there. Yeah, I think you touched a little bit on um, basically when people are describing their own background, right? Often people are excited to do that. I think something that I've noticed throughout my career is some people intrinsically get how to kind of summarize what they did from a technical perspective and, and spit that back out well, right? And kind of list the important things. And I think some people, that's a skill they could certainly improve at. And I think, again, gets back to communication is such an important thing, especially the higher and um, you go within engineering. I think that's something where you hear a lot of um, leadership focused, um, like engineering leaders, right? They can describe what an organization, their entire organization does in two sentences, right? Where sometimes you have early career folks who um, you ask them what they've been working on and you get 16 paragraphs about, you know, you get in the weeds about something, right? And I think um, being able to say, here's the, the two sentence summary of the most interesting project I worked on, right? And what I would do differently if I could go back to that. And yep. then when someone asks you questions, like at least now they, they comprehend, okay, great, I get what this did, right? Yep. And now I, I like, tell me about what you would do differently. Oh, well, we didn't do any automation testing and I wanted to implement that, right? And we would do that by doing X, Y, and Z, right? Yep. I think that's an important skill if you're an interviewee, right? To develop, at least have those there's talking points you can spit out and then you'll get into the details, right? But I think sometimes yeah. it's, let's describe the whole project instead of the, get the idea out there, right? Right, absolutely. And I feel like being able to get that idea just like out there answers the question of what the interviewer wants, right? Yeah. If, you, if you, it's okay to go, broader than that but not too much this is a problem probably i have and probably as your as audience you are watching this you've probably seen me go broad and then come back where sometimes you just want to they just want the question um and then they will ask follow-up questions to go bigger and bigger and bigger um so yes i that's that's very important it's very important to be able to communicate hey this is what i did this is what I would have done differently if that, that's the question. And then you'll see the interviewer ask you follow-up questions about the, that experience. Um, but yeah, completely agree. Is there anything else? I mean, any other big um, things you're looking for? I think things that you would say are important for people to keep in mind when they're in an interview process like this? Um, I'm, I'm definitely, I think I'm going to fall back on those three traits that I really like curiosity, asking questions, which I think in the interview process, uh, portion, definitely ask questions to your interviewer as much as this interview interviewer is interviewing you, you are also interviewing the company. And it's important to find if that company is a good fit for you. Right. Yeah. If it's a good fit for whatever your constraints you have in life, be it work-life balance, be it um, technology stack, hopefully before you get to this point, you find out if it's yes or no, or um, things like that. It's, it's good to ask questions back. So this goes into that curiosity trait, uh, being empathetic, 
uh, to individuals, and then really having that team mentality. I want to work on a team. I want to be a part of a team. I want to contribute to an overall goal. Those are really the things uh, I think are the most uh, most important to me. And I will sort of go back to those always as like, what else could you be showing or what traits should I be looking to try and show that I have? Those three are most important for myself. Yeah, great. Well, well, Tyler, anything else to add before we wrap up or, or, um, you know, plug logic gate and, and tell us about the interesting things going on there or what you're hiring for. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll plug logic gate for sure. Always, always. Um, so logic gate, we're building a GRC platform. Uh, we are really those front runners in the, uh, in the industry of GRC and risk, uh, we are hiring. Uh, so please go to logic gates job, uh, Go to their job uh, page. We are hiring engineers, engineering manager, QA analysts. Uh, we're always growing and growing and growing. Uh, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn um, if you're interested in a job or anything like that. Uh, please, please, please. I am here to help and give guidance if I can to whoever out there that has uh, any questions at all. And Chicago-based founders um, raised a whole bunch of money and kind of this interesting industry that a lot of people don't think about, right? That is certainly yes. a huge critical piece of, uh, of a lot of companies, especially as they scale. Yes. And I will also, since you said Chicago, I will also plug that these roles are 100% remote. Uh, so you don't oh, have to go. be in Chicago. You could be anywhere. Uh, just apply. Nice. Great. Well, well, Tyler, thank you so much. It's, it's been a blast. Taylor, thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our time. And then uh, I, will, I will see you in uh, the virtual world. Thank you for watching the technical interview portion of the Professional Technical Interviewee. If you want to tackle this interview question, you can find it at github.com slash professional technical interviewee. New episodes are released on the first four Thursdays of each month. Find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. And remember, keep practicing.